Hey guys, just a quick programming note from us. Uh, <laughs> we were going through our backlog and we figured that we had too many bonus episodes because we were having too much time recording uh, episodes with our friends about stuff that wasn't exactly Family Guy because if you haven't noticed, Family Guy is something of a dry well after a while because a lot of the seasons blend together. So we figured that we would repurpose this former bonus episode into a main series episode for all of you to enjoy. I mean, one, just so we you know, don't have so many bonus episodes clogging up our backlog, and two, so that you guys can see what a bonus episode is like if you want to subscribe to our Patreon. So without further ado, listen to this great episode we recorded with friend of the pod Nick Yusen, and enjoy! Today, It's a bonus episode. Number We're doing... one, heat stroke. <laughs> Number two, getting run over by a horse. Number three, going in the bathroom. We're doing another there. bonus <laughs> episode. Uh, it's a movie. <laughs> the last of the Seth MacFarlane movies. Um, and we got one of my film Twitter friends on here to talk about it with us. It's Nick Eusen. Uh Nick, how are you doing? Hey, what's going on? A pleasure to be had. Is it really? <laughs> I, I must I, I must say so because I'll I'll tell you what I was seriously dreading this when I remembered the movie I had chosen and <laughs> I was actually I was very pleasantly surprised. Yeah. It, it uh, well we'll talk more, but I was like, all right, yeah, it's worth it's worth talking about. Certainly, yeah. I'll give it that. There are there are a lot of things. Let's to get talk out of the way. We're talking about uh, a million ways to die in the West. Seth MacFarlane's 2014 Western comedy, uh, starring himself and a stable of much better actors. No, 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 <laughs> Ty, Ty. Sorry, you're forgetting the starring himself, written by himself, and directed, and directed by himself. By himself. Right. Yeah, yeah. Yes. No, this is, it's, it's important to get that out of the way. And surely a Allen. producer credit as well. Yeah, very much, a, a very much a passion project. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. It, it's it's his uh, spoof of westerns. I, I wrote this down in my notes, but I feel like what he's trying to do here is that he very much wants to bring back a dead genre of movie movies, which is like the mel brooks style of you know spoof like the genre mm-hmm. spoof and um you can sense that he's finally like cashing in all the chips he got he ted was a huge hit at the box office like, so, like um, still, I, is, it, is it still the biggest live action comedy ever i think it might be possibly i'm gonna look that yeah. up and wait w- it was more than the hangover made like 500 million dollars in theaters it was insane Ho- holy cow. yeah yeah it's comparable it's uh it, it, yeah. It's, yeah but anyways uh no we're now we're talking about a million ways to die in the west which it feels like it was his you know it, it does feel like this wanted to be his thing like his statement or whatever absolutely insane his that this piece. was his blank check <laughs> I was watching yeah. this. I was like, "This, this is what you did, you fucking, yeah. you maniac, <laughs> fucking loser." Yeah, your your blank check is a western spoof with a lot of great actors. It's, it's very your, great. No, your blank great check cast. is literally Blazing Saddles, but worse. It's yeah. it's crazy. Yeah. yeah, no, I remember in my notes, it's mostly just like jotted down stuff, and I just wrote Blazing Saddles, and I just gotta say, like the balls on you to like take blazing saddles and then like 
Yeah, I'm gonna do my own spin on that. You know, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna give that a little bit of a twist. Also, some of the implications of this movie of both Back to the Future and Django Unchained all existing in, in one universe are, yeah. are baffling. Yeah, yeah, no, they've got. Uh, we mentioned it later, but they yeah. they've got cameos both from. Django from Django Unchained and uh, the DeLorean and Doc Brown from Back to the Future, played, of course, by Jamie Foxx and uh, Christopher Lloyd. This is going to be a a vaguely disjointed episode, I think, but it's so insane that Seth MacFarlane can't even make a movie without cutaways. Yeah. Yeah, It's almost entirely cutaways, I would say. I was trying to count. I was like, this is sort of just one big extended cutaway. There's a couple set piece stuff, but like, yeah, it is largely just like, like standalone jokes. It's kind of wild. Holy shit. Okay. I literally just, I was looking at like the cameo list on the, uh, (laughs) on there. And I literally just saw, uh, this was inspired by like some of the most like beloved and canonical Westerns of all time. Like I, I, honestly didn't expect that oh, oh yeah yeah he was like yeah, yeah. It, was, it was hang him high he, he and, yeah. uh, very very much and, and i had the same reaction because i was like yeah. what a great movie to inspire <laughs> such nonsense but, no but he also says 310 to yuma oklahoma the man who shot liberty, shot liberty balance, balance. And, which honestly i can that's the one i can kind of see but fucking howard hawks el dorado yeah. also it's it's nuts no it's it is insane that like they really went through the western canon to make this uh, we'll, we'll get into how we feel about it, but, uh, something that is not on the same level as those, shall we say? Yeah. Um, <laughs> also, we, we, I wanted to add that apparently the Hang Em High inspiration, it came because, like, McFarlane and Sulkin and Wild, you know, the gang, were just watching Hang Em High and, like, riffing together, <laughs> um, about, you know, yeah, it must suck so to live stupid. in the West, and then they made their riff a movie. Yeah. Boy, Which, does that explain Seth's entire fucking character. Yeah, and you see yeah. that a lot, where, yeah. like, literally half of this movie is just, like, a bad stand-up act about yeah. how bad the West is. Yeah. I mean, he literally has, like, an epic monologue, which, I'll be honest, yes. I really liked the monologue, but his, no. his monologue where he, he, he talks about, like, yeah, that's the fucking mayor, you know, he's dead. Yeah. He just has, like, a whole, like, stand-up, you know, it feels like the... Yeah, it's literally... Yeah, oh, you know, being in the West, you can... Yeah, di- yeah the mayor part was fine, but, like, it's literally, like, a five-minute bit of, like, yeah, you can die, you can get shot, or you can get eaten by a dog, you can you get fucking... Yeah. Pu- uh, you shit yourself to so, death, and the guys in the mines are... Yeah. It is literally, like, a precursor. It's, like, the dumb guy version of the John Mulaney <laughs> bit about, like, robbing a bank <laughs> in the old days. Yeah. It's, like, you go in and say your name. It's really the first indication that I've ever gotten that Seth MacFarlane has, like, desires to be a stand-up, which is a very weird, a, a very weird yeah. facet of his career that I, I didn't think I would see. So, yeah, I think I think his character got a lot better when Charlize Theron yeah. came into the movie and sure. he had someone to play off. I utterly fucking despise the fourth, first 40 minutes of this movie. Yeah. Spencer, you know how, like, on our podcast episodes, you talked about how you hate Ryan Reynolds because you feel like, oh, you're explaining why the joke doesn't work, so therefore, uh, you're not, but you're still not being funny? I, I hate Seth MacFarlane in this movie with the, with the fury that you <laughs> fucking hate Ryan Reynolds with. And I think speaking he of Ryan Reynolds, goes but... He he yep. is he does another Ted where he's in this movie for literally like a one shot cameo where he just dies. It's fine, <laughs> but when he's just like fuck you, like 
Yeah. I think the thing is, American Dad later on, they did a whole, like, I forget if it was an extended episode, but they did, like, a Western parody thing. And I felt like that was a much better thing, not only because I, I think it, it felt more like a like a sincere take on the West, but also because, like, everyone else feels like, like either in their, they're trying to be, like, a parody of a character from a serious Western, or they're from, like, a different comedy Western that Seth MacFarlane is making. Like, nobody else in this movie talks like Seth MacFarlane. And that fucking pisses me off. It fucking yeah. pisses me off that he is fundamentally... Like, he's just a family guy. Well, he's just smarmy. He's just... He's, he's just, like, yeah, he's very yeah, smarmy. He's, he, he's, he's trying to do that thing where it's like, oh, it's kind of clever. Like, he's the only, you know, modern guy in the middle of this, you know, insane yeah. time period. Which, it's not funny, but you can kind of see I want to choke slam yeah. him. Uh, there, there are some bits with him that I thought were... Not bad. I like I like the the few scenes we got in the beginning with his parents. I love the yeah. dollar. I fucking love the dollar joke. That one is really good. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Take your hat off, boy. Yeah, it's like <laughs> an episode of Family Guy where there are a handful of jokes that legitimately work, but yeah. largely like one of the worst episodes. A lot I, of them don't. Yeah, yeah. And again, I think it's worth once once Charlize Theron and a character I actually like comes into the movie, it gets a lot better. Yeah. yeah, but for that, like the first act of this movie, I was like, I might give this a fucking one star. Like this is rough. Uh, yeah. So do we want do we want to go into the plot? Um, let's let's let Nick, since Nick's our guest, I, I want I want him to give his like holistic thoughts about the movie. Yeah. Well, I was about to say, I was I was gonna say what plot. Um, but <laughs> but I guess there you know which isn't entirely fair because there is a plot. But yeah, it's I don't kind know. Two blocks. This is um. You know, I think before we're, everyone was recording, you guys sort of jokingly said, you know, this is the last of the McFarlane sort of live action filmography. And and, and it's funny, right? Because it's so short. It's it's Ted this and Ted two. And yeah. so it's so weird to me. Just what a what a bizarre filmography. And, and this whole movie is strange to me um, is sort of the best way I can describe it. It was almost an out of body experience watching it, not in a good way. Um, but just sort of, I couldn't believe sort of, you know, again, I was like this, this is really what was burning deep inside of you, huh? Like, this is what you <laughs> called in $40 million from universal for, um, yes. but, but again, you know, I think, I think a lot of, I, I did laugh at plenty of stuff and stuff that isn't funny, but for whatever reason, like even the, the Muslim death chant the, yeah, at the, the end. Yeah, the or whatever, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I was, I was like... <laughs> I was like, what a, not even a funny joke, but I just couldn't help but, but laugh at what I was seeing. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, it was just, yeah, it was inexplicable. I think it was really interesting to see the, the family guyness of it all. And I say that not as a, as a positive or a negative, but just sort of, you know, it, it is very much structured a like a family guy <laughs> yeah. episode, right? Yeah. It's almost that elemental thing. I was like, well, here's the cutaway gags and, you know, like the, all, all the, I thought, and all the physical comedy stuff was really good too, in certain respects. Like the the cutaway of um, McFarlane getting tossed through the window killed me. Um, I liked the, uh, the fake fight and the, the bar fight. I thought yeah, that was, that cool. was a good yeah. bit. <laughs> and, I, yeah. I genuinely was, enjoyed them eating the pot cookie. That was a funny bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. just charming. And, and but then and to see a couple with then his other weird picadillos that he has, you know, for the music and these musical set pieces in particular, and. Yeah, the, the if you only had a mustache thing, I just was having trouble wrapping my head around. I was just like, 
you know. Which, mm. hold on. That's very I, I, family guy. People in the 1800s, I mean, that was the golden age of facial hair in a certain regard. Yeah. Um, you know. Right, and, and just, I was like, the, 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 now we've both said, said must, the word mustache, you know, that got me. You know, yeah. so, so credit to, to McFarlane. Yeah, I mean, I really, I would have no idea where to, where to rate this movie in a, on a rating scale. Um, I, I think it is worth pointing out that not only are, is almost every other actor in it very good, but the majority of them are committing to the material to an almost absurd degree. Yeah, much harder than Seth. Is. Yeah, Giovanni uh, Rubisni yeah. gives one of the strangest and committed, most committed performances yeah. I've yeah. ever seen to a totally nothing role. Um, which he also kind of did in Ted, which is kind of... It's mm-hmm. weird, because he's a genuinely very talented guy, and it's weird to see how much... It, but I think, to me, the weirdest, most out-of-body thing about the Seth filmography, and Family Guy also, is how many like genuinely very talented, very you know like top-of-their-class mm-hmm. actors and creators hitch themselves to Seth's wagon. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Oh, also, so Nick, I, I, before we go any further, I just wanted to say two things. One, uh, I wanted to clarify that this is not uh, this is not actually after Ted Two. This was it, w- it went Ted this movie then Ted Two. Yeah. Um, but the the other thing I want to say is, you know that like reaction you had of like just kind of confused awe, like like mm-hmm. what. Like the McFar, that's basically the, something the majority of guests on here. Okay, good. It's a very common feeling um, when you're not submerged in it, like like we have made it our lot yeah. in life to be. That, yeah, I, I would call it drowned. <laughs> yeah, Th- that's yeah. so interesting though that he retreated to Ted too, and then that's been it, huh? Because then what? Yeah. He's yeah. just been doing like the Orville, which I guess he just really enjoys and it gets surprisingly good ratings he did um he had a fucking uh cameo in logan lucky he had like a really yeah Yeah, yeah. i never saw that that movie uh i wanted to see that but didn't is it any good it's pretty good apparently it's really good from what I've heard, okay. um, yeah, what do you I think, think it, of it. I think it's great. I, I, it's funny. I literally just rewatched it the other week. Um, it's mm. very good. Oh, nice. It's, it's very okay. clever too. Yeah. You know, which is sort of obvious to say for Soderbergh, but even more so on rewatch, I was very sort of, oh, how about that? Yeah. You know, I sort of is yeah. a, is a very fun watch. You know, I'm glad I brought that up um, because I, I'm very proud of everything I do. But no, I. <laughs> I um I wanted to say that what this movie inspired in me, and you all are not going to like this, but this movie made me think that if you put Seth MacFarlane in a genuinely great movie, I think that I, I would really love that. I think that he yeah. has the potential to carry a uncut gems of his own. A I'm trying to think. I I don't think I don't think he is a fantastic actor. Punch Drunk Love. Him. Sure. Yeah, he and could he could I make think, a Sandler turn. I I think we've said this a bunch during like Family Guy and you know these movies and stuff. But like the problem with Seth isn't that he's a bad actor or a bad singer. It's that <laughs> he is not, not a funny, funny writer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he is an immense talent in every way except as a writer. <laughs> Which is, is it's it's and it's the great irony of everything is that that's how he's made his bones is right. from his yeah. writing and from and, his, and yeah. also. I, I will say that these movies, none of them are super great on a directorial level, but they're all fine, I would say. Like, I wouldn't say it's, it's like, super shoddy direction. I mean, they're, I, they're, they're, they're all, like, handsomely yeah, made, solid. for sure. Yeah. Yeah. The, 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 some of the shots are, like, they feel cheap, but, like, it's definitely not, yeah. like, disastrous. Yeah. It's, like, good TV. The, I think it's... Yeah, yeah there yeah. was some, some TV movie-looking shots yeah. in this. In this. 
yeah, Nick, what did, what do you, what did your, uh, do you have any thoughts about that? Yeah, I mean, again, it's that weird sort of, um, it's always interesting when someone who's primarily um, in the animated realm transitions to live action, period, I think. And we've seen varying degrees of success with that. And for me, I think, you know, I, I would have liked to have seen Seth MacFarlane develop a style. Yeah. I think, yeah, as as was just just to echo what was just said i there's nothing striking about it you can tell money was spent on it but it's not yeah you know there's yeah. no sort of um directorial eye there yeah and I so mean, and to be know, fair it's his what his second directorial project after yeah. ted which yeah. like it makes sense that he's not super comfortable with it but like yeah it's not yeah. fantastic not that i'm a film person whatever i think he's he he's obsessed with the set piece and he's not bad at it but it's not I, I I'm struggling for the right words, but it's you know, the the if we only had a mustache scene is a well directed scene, right? Yeah. But it's just something's feels, missing, or like the feels or, the or the ayahuasca yeah. trip at the end, you know, feels like it was made by someone who just has no imagination. It it, it feels <laughs> like someone who was who had a really good crew around him, but not yeah. a distinct vision of his own. Which speaking of crew, uh, cinematographer is Michael Barrett. Uh, he did some other comedies, uh, like uh, you kiss, don't mess kiss, with bang, the Zohan. Bang, dang. Yeah, he did kiss, kiss, bang, bang. Uh, but we mentioned this uh, earlier. But he's the cinematographer for Gotti. Oh, really? <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah. Oh, God. Because oh, he also yeah, worked on Ted. So, well, and he's we one of the two. That, yeah. He's one of the oh, two cinematographers. Yeah. I forgot about that. Oh wow, Gotti needed two cinematographers. I don't think I knew that. <laughs> I'm not surprised. Yeah. It's oh. such an epic. That it's like it's it. like Wong Kar Wai's movies where it's just there's so much footage and it's so exhausting that hey. they have to get multiple people. Hey, it's more like uh, it's more like Wong Kar Unwise, am I right? Please yeah. leave. So <laughs> we're we're um we're we're gonna we're gonna talk about. All right, let's finally get into oh, the story. Well, before we do that, I just I um I, I just have we're gonna one get to forty minutes and we're not gonna talk about the plot. <laughs> We're gonna probably just like run through the plot. No, this, this is this is like a this is like a very short thing. I'm no, I'm, get, no, I'm, yeah. I'm, I, 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 yeah. Go ahead, go ahead. My my thing was all I'm gonna say about this is I think this is actually the weakest of the three Seth MacFarlane movies, hmm. despite having the strongest and often maybe because of having the strongest elements in it. Like the pieces yeah. are all here, and unlike Ted too. So when it doesn't work, I expect better from this movie. Maybe just because it is a western, and that's like such a good, right. you know, his, such, a, like, such an easy genre, genre to to, to find something to dig into, as opposed to just like yeah. a stoner comedy. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Yes. So let's go into the plot. Okay, so Seth MacFarlane is a coward. Basically, he's a sheep farmer. <laughs> well, but who does he, he play in the movie? He plays Albert Stark. I definitely watching Game of Thrones, and he don't buy Amanda Seyfried. By the way, completely thankless role. Can we just say, like, yeah, she's yeah. so talented, which and just she describes her to career here. too. Right? Yeah, honestly, yeah. honestly. Yeah, fi- first reform is where she finally like got some goods. Yeah, I, I gotta hate that we're taking these like big, like big picture digressions, but I'm more <laughs> positive on this movie than most of you. But the thing that really did bug me about it was that this is basically just like a nice guy fantasy. Like, yeah. where 
you get dumped by your bitch wife for being too nice of a guy, and then yeah. you meet a cool girl who gets you, and then she wants you back, but you get to turn her down. It's... But and also the nice girl you meet is dating an asshole, but you manage to get one over on him by being smarter than him. Yeah, it is. It is yeah. like a protecting woman fantasy. It is a very pathetic. Yeah. Like I, um... I, I had you could have written this movie off of Reddit posts. Yeah. I, I do have a theory, though, that this movie would have been much more successful at the box office if it coincided with the release of Red Dead. Oh, Honestly, maybe. Honestly, probably would have. Just because Western's yeah, in the air. J- just because, like, even, even, like, the stupid throwaway bits of, like, oh, like, don't uh, drunk drive the horse. That, yeah. that just sort of yeah, ha- dr- goes on for too long. But I was like, yet. oh, this is just stuff I do in Red Dead. <laughs> I, I don't know. I think it would have. I don't know. Maybe that's that. That's probably not true. But I. That was my thinking while watching the movie. I. You know. I gotta suggest because on, the timelines don't. Hold on, Dutch. You're telling because, me. You're you telling know, me girls it, would lock me if I had a mustache. Yeah, Arthur. That's what I'm telling you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I. I gotta suggest. You know, the timelines don't work out. Per, work out perfectly. But I wonder if there's some anger. Or there's some feelings about Seth MacFarlane's relationship with Amelia Clark in this movie. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah! I could see that. Yeah, I honestly, because... when I when I was watching this, I was like, this kind of feels like Seth has a thing for younger blondes, you know? It, it feels like a breakup movie. It kind of does feel like kind a breakup of. movie. <laughs> like it it doesn't work perfectly because I think that they were casting the movie when the breakup happened. Like they wrote the movie while they were still dating. But right. um, based on my Wikipedia cross-referencing, but did they have like a weird breakup? I don't really know about this. Uh, they didn't have a weird a, breakup. I don't know they if just... it was weird, but like they broke up, and she was very yeah. much a younger blonde with a kind of you know. And was this pre-Thrones yeah. or was this uh, after no, she? No, this had was blown during up. Thrones, I think. Oh really? This is like, going like, like, like season yeah. two-ish. Oh, yeah. I didn't know any of this. Oh really? Yeah, yeah. he was dating Amelia Clark for a couple of years, I think. Um, yeah. Right when Thrones was starting, yeah. I might be, I might be getting the timeline wrong. I wonder what they talked it, about. But... <laughs> that's like a weird <laughs> thing to like think about. Like, <laughs> like what a weird. That's like sort of an odd couple now. I, yeah. I honestly just imagine like Seth talked about like dad stuff. Like he brought up jazz sometimes, and like he, he brought up jazz. Up, he made he talked he about made like movies like from the nineties. He liked, yeah. And she <laughs> kind of watch, she like, kind of went along with it. Yeah. I, no. Okay. Fuck. I regret that we didn't talk about this on the Sleezoids episode. But the stuff where he like makes Mark Wahlberg's character is referencing like Star Wars and Back to the Future to Amanda Seyfried's character. Yeah. And she just like doesn't. Oh, get she it. doesn't know that's about the, movies. That has to be literally happen. his relationship with Spend, Amelia yeah. Clark. Fuck. Spen- Spencer. That Spencer, rules. you gave me shit for not liking that character and like thinking that, that. Where it's like that's why I didn't like her because I saw Seth was projecting shit onto her. Uh, yeah, I knew that and it felt gross. Yeah, yeah. I like. Yeah, it. Yeah, it it does feel it, fuck. Yeah, that does feel like a. Oh my god. Yeah. No. It's all. It's all coming <laughs> we, together. We, the, oh wait. Imagine. Wait, did he, imagine did listening he date? to this and realize like, oh, they cracked open the Ted Two stuff two weeks later. <laughs> yeah, we did. Very fun. Well, I cracked it. Oh, I technically cracked it, but I didn't yeah. have the pieces together. Yeah. Uh, sorry, uh, Nick. What were you saying? No. Well, does he have a relationship with uh, Amanda Seyfried? Seyfried? Because no, I know she's but, in a I mean, bunch of stuff, right? She's like a pro. Yeah, he. She's part of like his stable of actors, but like I think we're more saying like she feels kind of like a proxy for right. his relationship with Amelia Clark, who's like a similar age, kind of looks similar. I yeah, sure. Like the big, like you know. Yeah, yeah for sure. Um, yeah. You know, he's like, uh, this sucks. I got dumped, so I'm going to leave town. 
And but there's an outlaw named Clinch Leatherwood, which is a great name. Cool name. Great name. Yeah. Great name. And uh, played by Liam Neeson. And mostly great performance. We'll talk about that in a little bit. Uh, yeah. Uh, um, yeah. And he's like, I'm going to hide out, uh, but I'm going to send my wife, played by Charlie Theron, and my right hand man, um, who I thought was like the the guy from Stranger Things, the the sheriff. Yeah, from the Stranger the, Things, the, the kid with the curly hair. Yeah, who who's in the goldfinch? Yeah. No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Of course. He's wearing course, a big yeah. fig beard. Um. No. It's a. Uh, you know. They. They. It's like. Yeah. Go to the town. Pretend to be brothers. Um. And brother they, and sister, yeah. Um, they pretend to be, uh, you know, they pretend to be brothers, but the the guy gets arrested for shooting the pastor's son. Then a big brawl breaks out, and Albert saves Anna. Anna's Charlie Theron's character, and they become friends. Okay, so I, I, I gotta say, Charlie Theron is fantastic in this movie. I mean, yeah, great she's chemistry just a with good Seth. Actress, very, period. she's just a naturally charismatic person. She is the main reason I gave this movie a two. Yeah. If, if like she wasn't as strong, probably be one. No, and she half. she steals um, the movie. She yeah. she's genuinely a queen. like I love ge- genuinely story. yeah like a generational talent. She's she's amazing. Yeah. And I gotta just say, how she apparently she makes everything feel. Yeah, she apparently begged to be in this movie. Like. <laughs> What? Yeah, she wanted to be in a comedy. She was like, you know, I'm a dramatic actress, but I want to do comedy. So she begged to be in it. And yeah, she's... And like you said, there is a level of commitment there. Well, I I would say this is probably like less embarrassing looking back than being in that like... I forget if it was this year or last year, that Seth Rogen rom-com that she was in. Yeah, yeah, where she played 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 not Hillary Clinton. Yeah. Yeah. That was dreadful, that movie. I have not seen it, but it was like, oh, this... yeah, you want to talk great. about a nice guy fantasy? Yikes! <laughs> that that movie uh, is like direct, Seth Rogen that, is that, canceled. That yeah. that movie is like um, it's it's truly bizarre. Have, have none of you seen it? Have any of you seen no. it? No, no, I haven't. I've seen, seen it. trailers. Yeah. We might get Patrick to watch it at some point for our for our side thing. It's literally like Seth Rogen writing fan fiction about like someday learning how to shower and becoming Elizabeth <laughs> Warren's husband while she's. <laughs> that's that is the movie that's it that's what that's what those trailers made it look like um yeah it's baffling and and i like seth rogan in in you know super bad still bangs but this movie is yeah it's bad not great yeah i also shout out for to him for pointing out that israel's kind of fucked up yeah yeah Uh, yes we we stand as an anti-zionist king that was that was my last straw with seth rogan personally i i was like i i denounce that was where i lost my patience with him that's right yeah, I, we, yeah, we, support, yeah. we support Israel. We're, this we're this podcast, podcast is funded by the Mossad. Yes, that's yeah, the only reason yeah. why I'm on. We're, well, we're yeah, uh, we pretend to do it from an anti-Deutsch perspective, but we're we're funded by Mossad. Um, good, good, yeah. perfect. Wait, yeah. you're getting money? No. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. Um, we're so so okay. So so they come into town. Uh, I like the ice block kill. I don't know when that yeah. happens, but that's a that's a great kill. I, I remember that that was early on in the movie. I, I like that, but I felt like there are a few like like this movie feels mostly PG thirteen, and then it, there are a few slots where it's like, oh yeah, I mean this they is say an R. fucking like, shit it, a lot. It feels like, like a, it, yeah, it's a PG thirteen R. It's a yeah, it it is a t- it is a tame R. Yes, 
Um, and also um, we should say that we are at the point right now in the plot where Charlie's throne and the right-hand man come into town. This is about 40 minutes into the movie after we've thoroughly really, really made it clear the fact that the West is a, a bad place to live, um, for about the last half hour. Yeah. We're, we finally made it to the part of the movie where I stopped fucking pulling out my hair. Yeah. Basically. Yeah, no, the, the first 40 minutes are basically just Seth riffing on, damn, the past sucks. And again, some good bits. I really still will defend that monologue as being really funny, but nah. it's, uh, yeah, no, it is basically just a, just an extending riffing session. Uh, but the plot's finally kicked in, and... Well, see, the, the thing is, this movie kind of has two plots. It has, like, a, it has, like, the main plot, and then, like, in the middle of it, there's, like, a filler plot that, like... With, like, the mustache guy uh, that you, yeah. you're about to get to, uh, which I think is interesting. So basically, yeah. uh, Amanda Seyfried's character breaks up with Seth and starts dating Neil Patrick Harris's character, whose name is Foy, who's, like, a rich, mustache-wielding Sh- dandy. By the yeah. way, I like Neil Patrick Harris in this. He's I did, good. too. Uh, I, like- I, I didn't connect with his performance that much, honestly. It felt kind of like he was going through the motions of, like, this is what a Neil Patrick Harris performance is, but I, I have nothing sure. against him. Sure, but yeah. unlike Seth MacFarlane, he's playing a character, you know? I, uh, yeah, no, I liked I liked everyone in this movie, just full stop. Shout out I, uh, Evan Jones, uh, quickly becoming a classic that guy. He is hmm. Clint's Honestly, right-hand yes. man. I like that dude in everything I've seen him in. Yeah, he, he, he has fun chewing the scenery in this, in this movie. He's great in Den of Thieves and Shot Caller. Two movies nice. I'm very fond of that he gives very good performances in. Basically, Foy, uh, that's his name. Uh, he's this mustachioed man. And 2014, that's a good year for Neil Patrick Harris. He was in Gone Girl, too. Oh, oh was that 2014? Yeah, that's a yeah. That's a big... And he probably hosted at least one award show. So yeah. that's probably a good so year for did him. did they ever find the girl uh, after she was gone? Or no. Was it... Okay. No. Yeah, no. Um, I never saw the movie. The titular, yeah. the titular role. Yeah. Spencer, Ty, I'm not going to let you drag us, like, even risk the chance of dragging this podcast getting dragged down by Gone Girl discourse, so let's just move <laughs> on. Yeah, no, I, I'm, I'm fully willing. I, I'm, I'm fully raring to go. But anyways, they, they, they go there to the, this fair, and, you know, a bunch of shenanigans happens. Uh, they, they bet a dollar, and again, my favorite joke in the movie is when they pull out the dollar and everyone yeah. at the fair is, like, freaking out and crying because they've never seen a dollar before. Yeah. Good bit. <laughs> Take your head off, boy. Anyways, and they have a shooting competition. Well, Albert sucks at it, but Anna easily yeah. beats Foy. And then Foy continues to be a dick to Albert. So Albert's just like, yeah, I challenge you to do a duel. And uh, yeah, it's like, all right, well. So, Anna's like, yeah, oh, Al- sucks, Albert's so like, well, yeah, I'm not going to be able to. I'm going to get killed if I do this duel. And she's like, relax. We have a week. I'll teach you how to shoot. And uh, she does not. Yeah. Um, she she. She teaches him yeah. how to get within the vicinity of the broad sign of a barn. Good yeah. enough. About good enough. Yeah. yeah, good yeah. enough. Yeah, so she decides there's a big barn dance where Bill Maher shows up as the host of a, as the barn dance. I audibly uh, booed my TV. <laughs> yeah, I, I was just like, I, I was looking at the letterbox page, so I saw that he showed up. The and Democratic like, Republicans. If yeah. I had tomatoes, I would have thrown them at my yeah. TV. No, we, we, we who had came, Who came up with that one? The Wigs? That's good. My political nerd voice is making me go, fuck you, this is after the Civil War. We have normal parties now. No, I, yeah, I, so the demo- oh, let me tell you were, about the, the radical Republicans. Yeah. The radical. Um, uh, who came up with that one? Uh, a Reconstructionist. Yeah. There we go. There it is. Yeah. 
Yeah. That would be what, like, New yeah. York dem guy Bill yeah. Maher would you be like, like right now. sound like an abolitionist. Um, <laughs> so, uh, he, yeah, he's at the dance, and basically at this point, like, yeah, no, so finally, at the barn dance, I feel like, yeah, Theron's just kind of knows, like, he's gonna die if this isn't a, if this is a fair fight. Uh, she, like, gives uh, Foyd some uh, funny diarrhea poison, and at this point, Anna and, um... Anna and Albert, like, kind of hit it off. They realize that they're, like, in love with each other, and they kiss. But the thing is, is that uh, Evan Jones sees them kiss, and it's like, I'm gonna tell Liam Neeson about this. And then... We may be in the list, but that mean I ain't against Tadlin. Yeah. Anyways, so, uh, he goes and reports it to Clinch. Meanwhile, the duel happens, Foy's there, but he he has an epic bit where he's pooping everywhere. Yeah, he poops yeah, that in the was... hat. Honestly, I will say him the the extended bit of him reaching for the second guy's hat actually kind of got me. And the guy just, I just batting really, his hand away. I just have a tier list of gross out gags in my head. I think throw up is the funniest gross out gag. <laughs> I think poop is the least funny. Never really thought about that way, but you might be on to something here. Yeah. Throw up is just so like violent and just it, it doesn't right. happen as often. I don't there's know. a rarity to it. Anyways, yeah. No, there's something special about just accidentally puking <laughs> everywhere. Also, there's a lot of funny, uh, you know, there's a, a lot of funny ways you can say throwing up. My favorite is when you say you ralphed. That's, that's the that's best a good one. one. That's uh, pretty good. Just so anyways, um, Albert's, yeah. Albert, who realizes the true meaning of love, is like, all right, well, uh, this, uh, this isn't, this, uh. Yeah, you're not um, worth me killing a man over. Yeah. So and everyone's like, pussy. The duel. Yeah. Anyways, yeah. he goes there, and then Clint shows up, and is like, "Who kissed my wife?" <laughs> and he, uh, he is like, basically, what is it? He he goes on a rampage. He gets her yeah. back, and he's like, "I'm gonna kill the man." You know, he walks so... in the bar. He's like, "I'm gonna kill the man." What? What kissed me, yeah. wife? Yeah. Yeah. And, oh no! Uh, you were falling into Russian. Why are you imitating yeah. Seamus? <laughs> no, so I, 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 can, also... I can get a better one. I, I want to talk about Liam Neeson now, because I actually have some things to say about him, if you don't mind. Um, I really like his introductory scene, where, where he's, it's him sort of threatening and talking down the gold miner. That's a really good, like, introduction villain scene. And, I, and, and it gave me, like, hope, because I'm like, I wouldn't think of Liam Neeson as the first choice for, like, a Western villain type, but that... but. He works really well. Yeah. I feel like all of the stuff of him being, like, a violent, abusive husband in this movie just comes across as, like, lame and kind of creepy. It's just like, all right, we're, so, we're doing this so Seth can look good at the end, I don't, right? I don't, yeah. I don't know if we want to do this at, after the plot or whatever, but this is something that Spencer and I kind of discussed uh, last night, when, when just right when I finished the movie, and I'd love to hear the rest of your uh, opinion on it. This movie has a lot of stuff where you could make, you could salvage stuff in this if you kind of took out some of the gross-out stuff and some of the stand-up stuff. You could make yeah. a pretty solid Western, or deconstructionist Western This movie's this. too long, too. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you just obviously. needed, like, an yeah, editor, Yeah, that's another... Too. Every single time we have watched a Seth MacFarlane movie, yeah, we've been like, why bloated. is this not 90 minutes? Yeah. But I want, I want to say, I think you're right. I think that is, like, if this movie was less of a comedy, you'd have, like... Yeah. Not a great Western, but a solid, like, B-plus Western, I'd say. Yeah, like, literally... pieces for it. Literally just steal the plot from Rio Bravo and get, yeah. like, Seth MacFarlane and, like, 
I don't know, Adam Sandler and fucking some other comedian you know, to do a dramatic maybe, role. But I, I, don't then, even, maybe, I don't even yeah. know if you do, to do that. I think you could keep this whole cast, make it fine, but just instead focus more on the relationship between Albert and Anna, you know, take out a lot, a lot of like, oh, isn't the West wacky stuff? You know, maybe... Don't give, maybe cut yeah. Liam Neeson. Yeah, give Liam Neeson more to do and then... Because he's yeah. not in the movie for like four. Yeah, and and also yeah. like don't figure out a better ending than just the whole you know Deus Ex drug trip or whatever. I think yeah. the ending could have been all right. It was just too, way too rushed. Like, yeah, it, yeah. Again, the drug trip. I think he really needed to like get one of the guys who does the Family Guy drug stuff because like the shrooms trip in Family Guy is way more inventive and interesting than yeah, the one here. For sure. mm-hmm. Or like the the. It wasn't as good as the, the shrimp trip, but it's still the, uh, the the dream episode from like season fourteen right. yeah. that we really liked. So I I wanted to uh, the way he gets this drug, by the way, is that he, you know, Clinch comes back and then he runs and he gets captured by Apache Indians and led uh, by the like, great West Studi, love yeah. West Studi, a legend. For, this MF's name is for, Duty. for the record when I, when I. <laughs> when i saw the, the like like our seth's character get captured by indians i was like oh no audibly because it's just like, yeah i don't know if you know this uh know this nick but we've talked on the podcast of there are a lot of fucking racist no- jokes against native americans and family yeah like yeah. A surprising he, a, amount. There, there is... there's a very specific like new england influence yeah, i forget racism. who told us that but yeah new england is like a hub of anti-native racism oh yeah i'm recording live from massachusetts oh, so, so you, can you know can confirm experience. i'm in like a oh, brew yeah. starter jacket just nodding my are, head yeah i just learned oh you're from mass that's yeah. since you're from massachusetts i have to ask are you one of the 15 people on twitter that were also going to spencer's film school with him there's um, so many there of these been, motherfuckers like, going to emerson no no i didn't i didn't go to film school i was told that was not on the table right. <laughs> yeah yeah no nick nick is nick is well, also you, like you didn't uh, go to emerson and get your me. ba in stand-up comedy yeah I did no, I did I did not go to Emerson, but it is funny. I have noticed I'm like, wow, you didn't get your PhD in Seinfeld studies. Yeah. Yeah. What was the hold on, what was the degree that Spencer mentioned one time where you would be Oh yeah, the the comedy the comedy degree. There is there really? There is a comedy degree and I mentioned it to uh, Caleb Braingetter since he went to school with me and he um I remember I mentioned it to him and I was like, Yeah, Caleb, didn't you get like a comedy degree? And he was like very adamant, it's like I got my degree in writing for TV. I did not get a comedy degree. <laughs> um, because that's... Um, I'm running... actually a doctor of modern family studies. Yeah, no. <laughs> oh, yeah, no. I the, the running joke at Emerson is that the comedy majors are not funny. And it is very <laughs> true. I mean, it honestly, is... yeah, if you're taking a class to learn how to do comedy, like, chances are you're probably not that funny a person. yeah. It's, it's, yeah, significantly funnier is Patrick going in the Facebook groups. And Patrick one time went in one of the Facebook groups for Emerson and was just like, if you want to buy drugs from me, text me. I don't care if you're underage, just do it. <laughs> now that's comedy. Yeah, that's there a joke right there. And by the yeah. way, we, we plug it whenever they're on. But seriously, if you have, if you don't listen to podcast about lists, like you are missing out. Yeah. They're some of the yeah. funniest motherfuckers the do in the podcast community. A lot of yeah. all good boys. And yeah, and good and Cameron for film people out there, Cameron in particular's letterbox I'm a big fan of. Yeah, Cameron, Cameron all three of them are great. So 
Yeah, no. We... So, so he's captured by Apache Native Americans. Um, he has a bowl of peyote. He has a wild drug trip. Uh, because he drinks the whole thing instead of just the bit he was supposed to. And they, they yeah. make it pretty clear that he is, you know, he's bad with drugs. So it's like, pff, he did all the drugs? What the it heck? Yeah. He should it have done Datura. It is impressive. Done... Sorry, you guys. Spencer. I was just saying he should have done Datura and then just like just with like crawling around on all fours and just dying. That would have been much funnier. <laughs> I I was just gonna say it is impressive how many ways Seth MacFarlane manages to force stoner comedy into this movie. Which is yeah. funny because I cannot imagine Seth MacFarlane has ever smoked weed. Yeah. No, but he's fu- the but man like- looks like a Keebler elf. Like, there's no way he's doing drugs. <laughs> family, no, but Family Guy's stoner humor got significantly more accurate when he stopped exactly. writing for the show. That is true. Like, it was well, around yeah. like season seven or so that they started to get what smoking weed is actually like. Like Alex Perrine and stuff, and yeah. the other co-writers. Yeah, like when they when they um, there's that one bit in the Star Wars movies where he's just like he's just like I I, I just need to know that I can leave this room right now. I I, I yeah. just have to know. Like that's more accurate. Back in season two or whatever, it's like, bro, I am tripping so hard bro. on this marijuana <laughs> bro. I procured. Bro, I'm fucked up on this weed. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, they, he does peyote, and yeah. then he he realizes that you know ah uh, shit. What is it? I gotta fight Liam Neeson. So he challenges Liam Neeson to a duel, and he shoots Neeson. And In the arm, he... not anywhere yeah. fatal. Yeah, and well, yeah. the way he does it is, you see, the way uh, Liam Neeson becomes the fastest gun in the West is whenever there's a countdown, he shoots, <laughs> he shoots on, on two. two. Which is a, um, a good bit. I'll give him that. Yeah. And so honestly, in a serious it, Western, probably could have they could have made it menacing uh, in a way that they yeah. never really managed to here. Uh, but the way he does it is he shoots on one, but he only gets the arm. Yeah. And uh, then he he's like, Liam Neeson's like, that's pretty clever. I'll give you that. And then basically Seth realizing that he's going to die, you know, he just like starts counting down. He like starts like biding his time. And then eventually Neeson, just as he's about to shoot, collapses. Yeah. And because um, he coded uh, the yeah, bullets and, and basically, and then yeah. uh, Albert Stark, uh, played by Seth, Seth MacFarlane, goes into a whole speech about like, oh well, my master plan was I coated the bullet in. You know, you you thought that I was going to go normal, but really, I knew I couldn't beat you in a fair fight. But that's and and then uh, while he's explaining his plan, Liam Neeson dies on the ground, which mm-hmm. I laughed at. It was a good joke. Yeah. Yeah. Sure, you you know what I think like would have made this, and, and and the thing is the movie just ends after that joke. But the my problem with it is like it's not like that it's bad, but it's just like like either have like a more grand climax with like you know more more than one shootout, or like I don't know, just throw in like a little. I mean, give it give end. it time to it, breathe at the end. I think definitely. Yeah, because it it, it yeah. feels like they just rush to the ending. It is just like okay, movie's over. Bye bye. I mean, no, I like that. I like it when comedies do that. Honestly, like I, sure, but I don't think it works for this con. Yeah, no, I mean, have there been funnier like comedy resolutions? Yeah, I think uh, Nick, have you seen the uh, the Coen Brothers movie Intolerable Cruelty? Yes. Yeah, where the the ending, where the inhaler bit at the end, that's mm-hmm. that's sort of like the ideal ending for this movie. I would agree. Uh, Great yeah. movie well, too, it, if you haven't seen it. I yeah. have not seen it. I, I think that can work, but generally, if you're going for like darker endings for like a a movie like this, where it's just like a normal happy ending, it feels like okay, it's just a normal happy ending, but you cut off too early. Yeah. Oh, you know, we completely yeah. forgot to talk about the cock. Yeah, the utterly forgettable uh, B plot, a movie with a B plot about Giovanni Ribisi and. 
in 2014, uh, Sarah. Sarah Silverman. Uh, when, hadn't yeah. she literally already been in the Disney movie when she did this? Howard, the shine is completely off Sarah Silverman by this point, uh, but she plays a prostitute who is waiting until marriage to have sex with her boyfriend, and Giovanni Ribisi plays her boyfriend. And they are, who gives kind of a like, really good performance in yeah. a totally weird, totally unnecessary plot line. Yeah, it's yeah. It, it, it's so weird. Like, you can feel the television writer in Seth and Alex Helkin where it's like, yeah, this movie needs a B-plot. Um, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. yeah, he's honestly, he does a good performance. Sarah Silverman is, I mean, she does Sarah Silverman, but she's she's fine. Uh, and they, they're kind of like the, also, the, like, the sidekicks for... It, it's, it's more how yeah. how nothing any of the scenes are. Yeah. Like, I did not... For lo- sure. Like, none of them are upsetting, but it's just like, I just looked... I was just poker face in the whole time. Yeah. Like, this is it. Yeah. Yeah, it's just... It's a mix of funny sex and le cuck. It's like, yeah. it's not... There's no... I don't know. Like, Giovanni Ravisi nothing is clever a really it. talented actor, but like... It needs to be pushed in some other direction. Like, he he needs to be, like, perfectly content... With his like wife just having all this sex, and he's just like not even slightly bothered by it, or they like need to make it like well, way meaner and they, darker. They do that at the beginning, and I think it works better. I think the I think every scene bit gets a little worse. Like at the beginning, he is just totally fine with that, and it it, it yeah. kind of works. But then they just beat at home, and then he's eventually like, "Wait, I'm not okay with this," and it's like, "Okay, like you you lost me, bud." I will say I thought Alex Borstein's line de- delivery of who who is she? You know, She's a, she's the oh the my god she was I did um, not even realize that was her and when uh yeah just sort of when that character's first introduced <laughs> and Sarah Silverman dragging him out and she's like don't I have the the best boyfriend ever and they just cut her and she says I have no fucking yeah. idea <laughs> she's like, so I, I did not realize was it was Alex Forsyth but yeah she she is good in that role as as the madam of of the yeah. whorehouse. Uh, other than that, yeah, and then the happens, and then they. Oh, and he, he gets a bounty, reward. And, yeah, and then he buys a million yeah. sheep. I chuckled at that when there's just like a lot of sheep. <laughs> there's a sea of sheep. Um, I honestly, this is yeah. this is the autistic person in me. I just sat there and I'm like. I was trying to figure out the logistics of those sheep. It's like, how are they going to like move around and like, you know, how how is there enough grass for all of them? And like, how are you going to make sure that yeah. they don't run away? And and uh, like they it faded up to the beginning, and I'm still in my head. I'm like, you haven't thought through all these all these sheep realities. What yeah. the hell? Yeah, I also do like he has like Seth has like the the mentally handicapped sheep that <laughs> just like follows him around. Yeah, that's and it's you. like he's like you're that's you're that yeah. you're that sheep. That's you. <laughs> yeah. Well, I like how he just talks about the sheep in the same, like, condescending way people always do talk about, like, mentally handicapped people. It's like, right. it's like she's very beautiful and knows what's happening or whatever. Right. Uh-huh. Um, anyways, and then there's a credit scene where uh, the shooting game was this, like, racist game called Runaway Slave. Where yeah, it's where like it's a like, bunch you know, of, yeah, big, like, blackface, really you know, crude. red lip, like, like, uh, yeah. the cartoony, what, what do you call those, uh... No, it starts with uh, I think Sambo. No, Sambo, yeah. yeah, or something like that. Yeah. Or uh, or um, gall- Gollywog is the word I was looking for. Yeah. Where it's like very and, uh, that style. Yeah. And someone steps up to to shoot <sighs> uh what is it? Someone's and it's Django from Django Unchained. Played by Jamie Foxx. Um and, yeah. and he's like and he shoots the guy and he's like racism. I need spite. I need a Quentin Tarantino's like review of this movie since he's very <laughs> honest about movies he watches. So I just need him going like 
I think this movie is a fucking disgrace or something like that. It is weird. I feel like... It feels you know, like we, Seth we and talk. Quentin would be boys. No, it's weird about that. Django is, according to Wikipedia, that was filmed after they did a bunch of test screenings and people were really upset by the, the racist game. Hmm. So that was their solution. <laughs> that was their solution is bringing in Django. Huh. Oh, so stupid. Yeah. <laughs> Especially because you could have literally you could have changed the game without <laughs> changing anything about the scene. Like it literally. Yeah, without the only having to get that... like actors back. Yeah, <laughs> could have yeah. easily. Yeah, literally. I don't think it shows an actor and the game in the same shot once in the movie. Fuck, that is so funny. That's such a dumb guy way of dealing with like like. All right, how do we deal with racism? What if Django came up and was a badass? Yeah, what if Jamie yeah. Fox was awesome that will what fix if, this what, uh, yeah, what, what if, if Django fucking Freeman <laughs> yeah what yeah. if what what if uh, what if Kevin Spacey before he was cancelled came up with some fucking bacon yeah Seth really loves all of the cool reddit guys like uh Morgan Freeman he likes uh Patrick Stewart. Yeah. I mean, Patrick he does Stewart, like we, Patrick Stewart because they're boys. We do. We have established that Patrick Stewart is just a delightful person. And, of um, course. Yeah. So, yeah, that's that's the movie as a whole. The one other thing that I just learned, I did not watch the unrated version because fuck that. But <laughs> apparently Kaylee Cuoco is in the unrated version. The uh, Big Bang Theory girl. Yeah. Uh, do we think she's made enough money that she doesn't care that she doesn't have a career? Yeah. Probably. I mean, she was in Probably. Harley Quinn, yeah. which... Got some yeah. buzz. Wait, uh, she was? Yeah, she was Harley Quinn. Yeah. Not the movie, the cartoon they made. Oh, oh, I was like, I watched no, no, that, that movie. Was a, no, that was, uh, <laughs> that was national. Okay. Oh, what's the fuck is her name? Why am I blanking on this? Margot Robbie. Margot Robbie. National yeah, yeah. Margot Robbie. I was, I was like, I swear I watched that movie. Okay, so that, no, no, I've no, heard no. that cartoon is good, though. Yeah, I've I watched some of it. Yes. It's cool. Uh, it's, it, it, yeah. it, it, it does get a bit, you know, like epic but i i think as we alluded to earlier part of the problems with this movie is is not just that it's like necessarily bad although i would argue a lot of this movie is bad but it's more that like there's a lot of wasted potential here and i can't say that look at ted one and ted two and be like oh man look at all that wasted potential with this movie it's like seth yeah why'd you gotta go fuck up a good movie? more than anything that seth has done i think this is something that could easily be salvaged like if you went, yeah. If Seth didn't write and direct, literally, I said yeah. this to uh, I said this to to Spencer last night. I was like, if you got somebody who wasn't Seth and Alex Sulkin to like go in, take out like you know forty percent of this movie, and like and you know really firm up some of like the actual thematic stuff underneath, this could be a legitimately good western. Yeah, yeah. I, I, and again, I, I've been like, I paused the movie twenty minutes in because. My primary thought was, it's like, he really needs to work with, you know, the Safties or PTA or someone who's good with, like, you know, taking, like, these actors who are mostly known for, like, kind of bit roles and kind of giving them some really, or, like, you know, comedy stuff and really giving them some meaty stuff. God, the the Safties could make a really, they haven't made a Western, have they? No. They could kill a Western, I bet. Also, this is not for now, but is later. You know, you mentioned Alan and Adam Sandler a bunch in this, yeah, this review episode, uh, Spencer. So one thing I wanted to think about is, you know what other movie came out in 2015? The Ridiculous Six. Yes. The Adam Sandler gang gets together yeah, and makes say. a Western comedy movie. Yeah. Which was, I, I think was his first Netflix movie. It was the, hmm. like, it was he, definitely he was, an early one. Just, yeah. Yeah. 
It, you know, it was the first one because he had just signed a contract to leave theaters and went off to make, and that was the debut thing. I remember this. Hmm. I think that was yeah. the Not last now. movie Taylor Lautner was in. Was it who really? I can only, I, I, who I can only assume is working in a mall somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> Good. But I guess what I want to say is, you know, at some point, probably not this year, but maybe like, I don't know, February next year or something, we we could watch that and be like, okay, which of these is the wor- the better one? Like, you know, just to get a, a solid comparison of like the unpopular Western comedy. Oh, no, wait, that was 2015. Oh, well, it, it still works. Yeah. Screw it. I, I think, yeah, what we should take is that this movie is not great. Uh, there is a lot of stuff that doesn't work in it. But what is most disappointing about it is that it could easily, with the cast it has and with the fairly solid western story that like is the is the structure of the thing it could easily be a a much better movie and that's kind of sad to see yeah i like this but like or i kind of like this but it does depress me that like seth mcfarland like keeps stepping on himself in order to do his thing like he if he really just took a few steps back i mean you know here's us giving him advice we make a podcast he's like a successful celebrity star but like although i imagine he did not take the critical reception for this movie well considering how much of this was his passion i don't know i feel like Uh, i feel like seth is someone who would not take like take it on the chin maybe he would i don't know yeah totally wrong i I mean he's probably used to it by 2015 yeah like um, yeah for for 16 years he's been he's the the fart show and i think that probably has to toughen your skin sure but this one is something that you can feel he like tried more on so maybe Mm. that anyway that was a movie i guess yeah Yeah, it was a movie no do we have anything else we want to uh no i don't think so nick do you have any uh closing thoughts for this no i my well actually my only thought is and i haven't seen the orville so uh, this only going off what i've heard is is what i've heard is that he's he's actually it's very sincere that it's Mm. not it's not an ironic star trek he just sort of is making his own star trek he's making goofy star trek instead of like satirical star trek right and and i think a lot of what we're talking about is this movie would have been better if he had actually leaned more into his clear affinity for westerns instead of taking a more detached ironic approach that's yes. just my I, I think you are right on that i think that if he cared more he could have made a better movie yeah yeah i also just gotta say about the orville the rotten tomatoes rating for the show from season one to two jumped from 30 to 100 percent. jesus christ wow, that's unbelievable that's... i mean it's oh, a wait huge... hold on it's the opposite of the reviews of our podcast. How many critics reviewed each? It is fifty-three to fourteen, but it's still <laughs> okay. like <laughs> oh, okay. okay. Oh, it's okay. still it's still pretty. That's pretty... still not bad. That's not bad. Yeah. I suppose. Yeah, no, that's that's a big jump, regardless. But still, like fourteen. Okay, well, that, that we're gonna have to put an asterisk on that. Is yeah, what I'm saying. Yeah, no, it's not quite as well as it seems, but it's it's still pretty impressive. It's um, the Babe Ruth of. Uh... Of, of yeah. fucking Rotten Tomatoes reviews. Yeah. Anyways, um, I I think that'll about do it though. Yeah. Um, Nick, oh, what are you Nick- gonna plug? Nothing. <laughs> I have nothing to plug. Yeah. I mean, I I guess I have no idea. I'm on Twitter, which is just my name. But besides that, just well, I guess the, they're already paying you guys if they're listening to this. But keep listening. Thank yes. you for having me on. Honestly, that's very and, and nice. And once again, thank if you. you are a patron, thank you. Yeah. yeah. Thank you so much. Patrons, for giving thank us you money. so much. 
We don't deserve yeah. it. Yeah, you you bought Andy a graphics card. Yes, you did. Thank you. Yeah, you oh, got Andy congrats a graphics to card. Andy. That's sweet. Yeah, uh, you got Andy a graphics card. Uh, you uh, you're paying me, for my uh, trip to a wedding in a couple weeks. You helped me get uh, my girlfriend's uh, birthday present um, or Very anniversary sweet. present. Sharing is caring. There you yeah. go. Yeah. But uh, Nick, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, that was a great, uh, this was a great episode and um, that's going to do it. Yeah. All right. Later. Number six, Bye. Bye -bye. getting hit by an anvil. Number seven, getting cholera. Number eight, getting <laughs> gonorrhea. Number nine. Okay. And then just while I'm doing that fade out into the end credits song. Things that make us laugh and cry.